whoa, 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 Yo, what's up, everybody? I hope everything's amazing for you all, as always. I'm your host, Honorable O.C.T. Octavius Hay, and this is the Whack Cast Podcast. So with that being said, let's talk whack to him. Now, who knew Complex was going to cause all this drama, man? So it all started. Complex comes out and puts out the list of the most influential people in media or podcasts, you know, at, when it comes to hip-hop, you know, most influential in hip-hop. Joe Budden gets the number one. <clears throat> Man. Academics get number two. Charlemagne gets number three. And a bunch of other names on there. Sure, Wallow and Gilly on there. Sure, Nori on there. But essentially, the big drama this week was about Joe Budden being number one. So first, Envy comes out and says something. DJ Envy. And he stands up for his guy, Charlemagne the God. And, and DJ Envy saying, Breakfast Club being as big as it is. You know, uh... Joe, oh, sorry, Charlemagne having his own little network thing and his shows and, and pretty much DJ Envy saying Charlemagne should be number one. Then we get to some smack talking from Tax Stone, who even though Joe Budden has been bigging up Tax Stone and saying free Tax Stone and doesn't like uh, Troy Ave either, Tax Stone still comes out and says that Joe Budden is a manipulator. He manipulated Rory Amal. He's manipulating his new team, Ice Ish, uh, Melissa Ford, uh, Queens Flip, Parks too. He said he manipulating all them, and and just pretty much was talking bad on on Joe. So clearly, Tax Stone has not gone over that time when Joe Budden walked out on his podcast after Tax was was asking some crazy questions. It was being a little disrespectful. People always forget about that part. But of course, the the, the icing on the cake was when Rory and Maul talked about the list on their podcast, and Maul got a little spicy with Joe. Rory wasn't really saying too much, but Maul is calling Joe the thief, the cat burglar, talking about the image that they use of Joe looking on the distance. They said, look, he's he looking, where, where else he going to steal from next? So you know, Joe Buddy, Joe Beasy, jump off, had to come out and say something. So Joe went off about everybody in his famous to whom it may concern rant is what we call it, right? And Joe starts spazzing on people. He talking about tax stone. You know, you mess up your stuff and you need to know where not to be out at, where not to go when you get in this bag. He talking about people building up companies and not really building up themselves. He went in about Charlemagne losing his show and the relevancy of the Breakfast Club being at an all-time low, which I cannot disagree with. The Breakfast Club is not doing so high right now. But the most scathing stuff came from his former co-host Rory Amal came for them when Joe just went in about pretty much how they the bare minimum boys they got they check they do the least amount of work they they have lost all type of uh, interest in it in their product and just did them bad so then Rory comes out on their podcast and just completely tries to flip the script on Joe Budden and honestly trying to gaslight man because enough people not arguing this point hard enough I think I've heard people say it but not hard enough Rory's coming out like Joe just randomly start going off on them and Rory's saying that Joe Budden's obsessed with him and Maul and Joe Budden is using them you know for a press run and talking about them and I'm listening and then, and then Rory says the thing that killed me the most Rory says 
Say my name, Joe. Don't say to whom make a concern. Talk to me. You're 45. Say my name. I, I don't do that. First of all, yes, you do. Joe does it. Roy does it. Maul does it. Do it. Y'all all got this whole, I'm going to talk about the person without saying their name thing. You all do that. Roy does that mad times. What is he talking about? They always talking about people and not saying their name, but talking about what they're talking about. All of them do that. That's their little, little Jay-Z calling card. What is he talking about? So Rory already capping with that. But let's go. Let's talk about this. So Rory, in case nobody else wants to let you know, or if you've forgotten, I'm just trying to lie to your audience. Maul was talking trash about Joe. That's why Joe Button went off. Joe Button only started spazzing because Maul was calling him the thief. Now, whether y'all believe that's true or not, Joe Button has maintained that he never stole any money from Rory or Maul. So if they want to come out and talk about him and say he's a thief and a cat burglar, you must know that a response is going to come. Now, it's true that Rory has not been going in on Joe uh, after they had their little piece, saved their piece. A couple little jokes here and there, but yes, for the most part, Rory has not gone crazy on Joe, but that does not change the fact that you stand next to Maul, and Maul has. Maul has been saying stuff. He always calls him a thief. He always addresses him as such. He said he'll shake a room before he shake that man's hand. Maul has continued going on. Regardless, it's not all the time, but he does, has. And to act like you don't understand that and think that Joe's just coming out of nowhere and saying something, or Joe only responding to you because you were talking about the list, it's crazy talk. You know that's not the case. You know the only reason why Joe said something was because Maul was talking trash and accusing him of being a thief again. And again, I'm not here to argue if he is or isn't, but if a man is denying that he's a thief and every time you come out and say something about him, you want to remind he's a thief, then you have to take that he, he's going to fight against that because he's arguing that he's not a thief. Joe's arguing he's not a thief. And that's what happened in this situation. So I was going to do the pod on Wednesday or Tuesday, put it on Wednesday. Thank God I waited another day. Doing it today, Wednesday, putting out tomorrow, Thursday, it's gonna be, which is going to be the day by the time you hear it. It's because Joe had to come out and say some more stuff. And Joe just pretty much obliterated these dudes and told him, look, y'all podcast is trash. Y'all just furthermore into what he meant by a lot of stuff he was saying, talking about how, you know, they holding microphones that are using microphone stands. They got all this crazy stuff in the background, like uh, coffee makers and stuff like that. Talking about all the cables and wires that be locked all over the place. It's just talk about how overall they don't try to put as much of an effort to make a good podcast. Broke down how Rory ended up leaving the studio that they were using to make the podcast because they didn't like how his dog was acting, which mirrors a lot of stuff we heard about Rory's dog pooping and stuff all in the house. I think over at when they were at Parks or whenever, what if, if they were if Joe had already got a studio at that point, if they were still at Parks House. Pretty much Rory picked the dog and they left from that location. So he's so Joe's just going in on them, calling them bear and minimum, because he already said they the bear minimum boys. Now he's saying Rory is bear, ball is minimum. And he just going in. Now Rory said, if you keep talking about me, I'm gonna let some stuff be known. So now I wouldn't know. Is Rory gonna say some stuff or was Rory capping? Was it a bluff and Joe called it? Or do Rory really got some dirt on Joe? And if Rory got some dirt on Joe, is this going to make Joe shut up? Or does Joe got more dirt on them? Who knows? All I know is it's entertaining. I don't know if Joe, I'm sorry, I don't know if Rory and Maul will continue on because they're so cool. They don't like to argue about nothing because they're so cool. Even though Maul definitely likes to take his little shots, but then backtrack and be like, I'm too cool for this, man. This is corny, dude. Like, what are you talking about? What are you, ugh. After you just said that the man was the cat burglar, you was quick to make all these jokes before, but now, you know, 
Maul's kind of he, he throwing the rock and hiding his hands, man. He just crazy, crazy dude, man. But I am interested to see what's going on. Rory and Maul's uh, hypocrisy aside, and like I said, this could be entertaining. We all know Joe. He gets in that bag. If Joe comes with the wife beater on, with the white beater on, let me say it like that, because we already know Joe's past. If Joe comes with the white beater on, it's so you already know it's about to be a legendary podcast. He might have to pull that one out the closet. Joe might have to dust off the white beater for this one and give us some bars at Rory and Maul. I'm excited. I hope y'all excited. Let's see what happens. But I tell you, man, there's some sick people in this world. And unfortunately, another one of those situations have come up, and it's probably going to traumatize this young man. The Dalai Lama, sick old, nasty old, freaky old pervert, Dalai Lama, is over here playing around with this kid. Kid asks Dalai Lama, you know, he wants to help the Dalai Lama. Dalai Lama asks him to kiss him on the mouth. Kid, they kiss on the lips. Then the Dalai Lama tells him to suck his tongue. Yeah, this man asks this dude to suck his tongue. Everybody's laughing about it. And it's like a little, like, what, 15, 14-year-old kid? And you wouldn't believe... You hear CNN making excuses for him, talking about, oh, culturally, culturally. Look, bro, I don't care about what culture you from. Something's wrong is wrong. It's nasty is nasty. If it's culturally acceptable for a 13-year-old to be married, that's nasty. I don't care where you're from, what your, what your cultural, you know, rules are. You know, morals are morals, bro. You know, you acting like you like, oh yeah, they don't eat meat after a certain time. But that's a cultural thing. Okay, I can get that. That's no harm. But when you over here pressing on somebody and and, and telling them to suck your tongue and then you lick it out, you stick your tongue out at them, put them to suck on it. That's a child, bro. That type of stuff. I don't care who you are. Dalai Lama ain't even nobody in no power, man. He just a a, a, a beggar. He been around here for decades begging for help, begging for aid for people. So he can return to his homeland because China don't want him. I think where he's from, Tibet or something, or something. He's I don't even remember where the fool is from. But yeah, he's a nobody, nothing to be kissing up to this fool like that. And now he over here, pretty much being a pedophile against children. And as comfortable as everybody was with that and laughing it off, it makes me wonder: Is there a surviving the Dalai Lama story out there? Is he like on some uh, Jared from Subway type stuff where he's around kids and, and people trust him, comfortable with the Dalai Lama, especially as he gotten older? That's some peaceful, loving guy. And maybe, is he is he taking advantage of kids? Now, I don't know any of this stuff, but I know how comfortable he was to act like that. It's kind of weird and, and creepy. And I know how, how comfortable everyone around him was with him acting like that it was weird and creepy. And then I'm seeing how everybody's making excuses for this, and you got people arguing why it's okay, it's not that big a deal, he meant anything by it. It's like, bro, I don't care what he meant or didn't mean by it. Look, if he didn't mean nothing by it, he need to be checked real fast about that. ain't nowhere to play. I don't know what you're talking about. We're not finna excuse that and say, oh, it's okay, it's just done. I'm just culture. No, it's not, brother. That's some weird, nasty stuff. And we need to nip that in the bud, not not today, but yesterday. And we need to be going back and looking at the history of this dude. I'm not accusing him of nothing at this point in time, but I'm definitely curious to go back and look in the history and see if there is anything there. Because for a person to feel that comfortable, I would have to think they've been able to do stuff like this before. And if they've been able to do little stuff like that before, who's to say they haven't done big big things, actually gone through on things? I don't know. But I think it's really disturbing how we can play off or laugh off something that's happening to a kid in our eyes, right in front of us, in front of somebody who's, in, a, in some sense, a position of authority or has a title, the Dalai Lama, that, that you know, would command respect. 
we need to check the people that's around them too and be like yo that's not cool at all in no type of way that is not no funny laughing haha type of way to act with anybody and if you think that it's okay just imagine if somebody did that to your kid and stuck their tongue out and told your child to suck on it you wouldn't care what their cultural uh history is that ain't gonna fly with you you know it's not so don't come here and talk about that nonsense and for the people that get that and understand that right on man we gotta stick stick with that and put i don't know what we gotta do we gotta put that through some people's heads hopefully the right people are looking into this and if there is any history with the Dalai Lama, that'll be put out there for the world to see but yeah it's just really disturbing man and not only that he asked that boy to do that in front of all those people in those cameras but how everybody was so comfortable with him doing that and, and how so many have come out to, in defense of him it's really disturbing man and look i'm not trying to bid on this whole groomer stuff I, I, because i don't believe that there's like this any crazier amount of people trying to groom kids no no cabal or anything i think there's just some sick perverts but i will say that this there is a way there's a reason why people in positions of power are able to get away with stuff and we kind of seen it right there it's kind of play for laughs they can play things off nobody takes it serious with them and then you know they're an authority figure so they might be used to getting what they want too at the, at the same time and they do get what they want well that's the same thing but you know what i mean it's just crazy so hopefully yeah, the, the little boys are right and hopefully we can look into the Dalai Lama because stuff looking weird this is a little old news but i really kind of i really wanted to get into this 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 angel reese situation so i know she had a pretty tough week i mean she handled it like a boss so it's nothing really on her but there's a lot of annoying things going on so first of all we all know with the caitlin clark situation caitlin clark is a big time player she's from iowa state her team iowa state went against lsu angel reese's team angel reese's team won but the story, of the, I think, of the NCAA tournament that year was Kaylin Clark and how great she was and how she would, you know, taunt players and talk stuff. And she'd do the you can't see me, you know, the John Cena hand in the face thing, you know, from Tony Ayo, who's the originator. But, you know, more people associated with John Cena. But she would do that and tell players to shut up and talk about how many points they down by and all type of stuff. Kaylin Clark would do this. The white girl Kaylin Clark and everybody loved it. They loved how fierce she was. They loved how she talked stuff. How she backed it up on the court. It was all great. It was all gravy. It was good. Until it backfired against her. Then Angel Reese, a little black hood girl, comes out and does it back to her. Does it. You can't see me. Points to the ring finger saying they got the ring. Now that she gets beat Iowa State. Angel Reese is the winner. Kaylin Clark the loser. Now all of a sudden you get the dude from Bo- from bar uh, from, from Barstool Sports. Um uh, what's his name uh, David Portnoy or whatever his name David Portnoy I think that is David Portnoy calling Angel Reese tweeting out she's a classless piece of sugar honey iced tea and rightfully so everybody's like well hold up wait a minute what because because she, she was talking trash everybody talked trash and that's what that's what sports do and even more people saying what the right answer really was was well, hold up you ain't have nothing to say about Kaylin Clark talking trash little white girl she did it, it's all fine, but now that the black girl's doing it, it's a problem, and and, he, and in his, David's uh, response is, oh, well, she walked up to her, she followed her around, man, she didn't, like, follow the girl for, for hours and stuff, she just walked up, followed her to see what she was at, and point, a, point at her ring finger and doing the you can't see me, but honestly, it wasn't even that much of a difference, that is such a goal post movement, because you really know you got no argument there, your bracism was kind of exposed at that moment so you gotta try to come up with some some way to make it different oh well, well she walked and if, and if, if Katie Clark had never walked 
before, man, Kanye Clark was cursing people out, telling them to shut the F up, so what are you talking about, bro, you sound stupid as heck right now, but of course, he gonna cap to the caps come home, he never gonna admit that he was wrong, but we kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, people stood up for it, and there was a lot of people checking them, and checking and people, checking other people who had stuff similar to say, and even Kaylin Clark came out and said, it's ridiculous anybody getting mad about that, we, that's what we do, we talk our stuff, we play out in the ring, you know, she was just, it was good sportsmanship, I, you know, but that's what it was, like, come on, hey, stop, stop the cap with that crap, man, because y'all know what it was, at the end of the day, it was a little black girl, Kaylin Clark was y'all white, y'all great white hope of basketball, y'all had somebody beating, you know, the blacks, and y'all was excited, and y'all was so giddy and, and hyped up, and when Angel Reese came through and, and did that thing, and, and taunted it, it, bro, it crushed all y'all hearts and souls and spirits, right, and y'all didn't know what to do, and that's when you have the first lady of the United States of America, Dr. Jill Biden, she comes out and says, well, I think both teams should come into the White House for a meeting because they both played so well. Oh, you think that's how, what it should be, Dr. Jill Biden? Well, let me tell you something. You, let your racism be exposed right there because you were so hurt that your little white girl didn't win either that you, all of a sudden you want to break tradition, take away one of, the, one of the perks of being a winner on the winning team that you get to go to the White House, meet the president and first lady, and you decide, oh, no, I'm going to do both teams. Both teams are going to get it. I really do wonder. That if Iowa State had won the tournament instead of LSU, would Dr. Jill Biden have been so generous and say both teams should come or would she just kept up with tradition and shut up about talking to Joe about bringing both teams on? Uh, now she said it was a joke or she didn't mean it or whatever they're trying to have it. They're trying to spin this narrative. But it's too late. You were exposed. Your racism showed. And this is another great example, at least for Dr. Jill Biden, not uh, David Portnoy, he, I know he was a Trump supporter, so we know what he's about. But it's not just conservatives. It, there are liberals, too, who at the back of their mind, no matter how great they sound, how they try to say the right thing, and that they believe in equality, there's a lot of them that don't. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. himself said, watch out for them liberals, man. Watch out for them, dude. And he's not lying. And it was exposed right here. You can say all the greatest things in the world, Dr. Jill Biden, but at the end of the day, you stand for your kind. And when you saw somebody from your kind get shown up by this little black girl... And everybody was so frustrated. You probably was a little frustrated too and felt bad for Kaylin Clark. How bad would you have felt for Angel Reese if she had lost it to game and Kaylin Clark had taunted once again as she had been so known to do? So I just had to let my two cents about that be known. I know that was a little older of a story, but really, really upset me. But Angel Reese is a superstar. She handled it so well. She clapped back. She said, we can just go see uh, Michelle and then we can go meet the Obamas. They can have a White House. So, you know, big ups to that girl. She's strong. She's powerful. She knows she is. And I love to see it, man. Nothing but great into her future. Big ups to Kaylin Clark, too, because Kaylin Clark never, ever complained about nothing. was all other people. And she's a great player, too. So this is a good look for women's basketball overall to have two great players. It's just a sad thing that the adults in the room have to act like such jerks. So that's the show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and getting this whack wisdom. I hope that you return next week to get a little bit more from me. As always, if you haven't already, please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you're listening to this on YouTube. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, please follow so you're notified every time I'm dropping new episodes on those platforms as well. With all that being said, this is the Whackcast Podcast, and I am whacking off. It's the Whackcast Podcast. Yeah. Talk whack to me, talk whack to me, yeah. talk whack to me, talk whack it's to the me.
whack to me, talk whack to me, talk whack to me, talk whack to me.